0: My Gary. I am uh, from Bloomfield, Connecticut originally. I currently live in Simsbury, Connecticut, um, so I didn't move too far, um, kind of like to stay in that kind of local area. Um, so uh, just happy to be here. This is my first time in Griswold. Um, I've heard about it uh, through Pastor George, uh, but I've never been here, so this is like a first of many ways for me today. Um, so it's pretty nice so far if I've been here. Um, you guys are just Traveling to new places is not always easy, but when people are nice, it's even better. Um, I've been a lot of places and people aren't always nice. So thank you <laughs> for being nice. Um, so I'm excited. So let me tell you a little bit more about me. I am a collegiate missionary, and that sounds crazy to some, but what I do, uh, I love what I do, and I, I get to point college students at the University of Hartford to meaningful community. To live on mission for christ and to prepare to shape the culture for decades to come from in the marketplace and so uh, i really love what i get to do uh, my my greatest desire one is to see the university of hartford transformed by the gospel of jesus christ but then secondly i want to see the gospel infect and invade every segment of our culture and and, and here's what i believe unapologetically that the college campus is the most strategic place in the world uh, if you want to Many of them come through the university campus, all over the world, um, and they get their ethic there, they get their, they even uh, kind of resolve their worldviews there. And so we try to change, we try to change and respect that environment so that the gospel is uh, large and robust there. So I'm excited to come in and preach to you this morning. I've got a timer so that I won't be longer than I was given time to preach. Young, inspiring preachers, just remember, he who is not long-winded shall be invited back. So, if you have the time and they give you one, use that. It works. So, um, I'm going to let's pray. I just want to offer a word of prayer. I may do it again, but I like to pray after I read the scripture. But let's just pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for these great people. Thank you for this great church that you have raised up here in Griswold, Connecticut. I thank you, God, for what they're doing. And I pray, God, that as we journey into your word today, that we your glory, that we might bring uh, more glory to you and good to others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And so, <clears throat> I, I want to talk today about the struggle between our merit and His right, in and, and, and our righteousness. And I want to talk about that today because for me as a young guy, it was a struggle. I've grew up in church my whole life. And it was a struggle sometimes for me as I was understanding how Jesus' uh, righteousness became, you know, imputed onto me. And understanding that and I, had, I grew up in a very work-based uh, kind of church. So it took me very long to understand that it wasn't my merit, but but his righteousness that made me righteous. And it took me a while. And so as I went on trying to discover that I would have people uh, in our church that sometimes are segments of our church that, essentially I would kind of look down on them because they sing differently than me. Ever been there before? And, and, and I, you know, in, our, in in the culture I grew up, uh, the musicians were very, very cool, right? And uh, you guys are amazing by the that. That way. I really enjoyed this. And um, they, they, a lot of times they kind of came to church, played their instrument, and they left. It was a different kind of culture. And they, sometimes their lives didn't line up with the, the, the thing they were doing. They were leading other people in worship, but their lives just looked really far from them. And, you know, I was, sometimes they would even, like, curse the church. And I'm like, oh, my God, that is crazy. Like, you can't do that. That's, like, the worst thing. And so I had, like, this, this piety. And I would just look down at them, and I'd be like, man, they need to get it together. And, and then all the while, my life is still, like, in shambles. But it's just not in shambles in public. You know, like it's just in shambles behind closed doors. Like Nobody knows how I'm sinning, but their sin is just outright, and everybody can see it it's just on the front page. And I, and the Holy Spirit just convicted me like, you stop judging them. You're a sinner too. Like You just sin and nobody knows. You might actually be worse because you're struggling with stuff internally that you haven't voiced, and at least we can see their sin, and we can try to help them and encourage and love them. And so I had to learn you know, how to trust more, and his righteousness that was given to me because of the cross and then not to look at my own merit and the things that I was doing and leading groups and preaching and I remember, hey, that doesn't make me any better than the person who's struggling through their sin and it's open and it's out and I had to learn that and it took a while for me to grasp that another thing I was looking at some articles before preaching you know, in, in this preparation for preaching and one of the things that non-believers hate the most about Christians is that we judge other people. It it was just like, that was the one thing, they think they're better than everyone else. And I've just come today to help us through it because it's passionate to me, that we gotta stop letting that be the thing that people think the most about. us. Jesus said that you should be known by how you love one another. You shouldn't be known as for what is not true about us. We are not better than anyone else. And today, I just want to just kind of pound that in through the word. That we remember that just because we have, we come to church on Sundays. That we have some type of religious routine. Doesn't make us better than any person on the planet. And we are all just sinners in need of grace. And so today, I just come to reaffirm what you already know. But Peter said, i in remind just so often. You, you be honest. You're very forgetful about the things Jesus says, right? And okay, We have you. right? <laughs> but I am, and so maybe you are too. So let's turn our Bibles, because that's where we need help from, not from what I'm saying, but from the Word. If you have your Bibles, you turn with me to Luke 18, and we'll look at chapter. Uh, we'll look at Luke 18 verses nine. like this review CSB he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and looked down on everyone else two men went up to the temple to pray one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector the Pharisee was standing and praying like this about himself God I thank you that I'm not like other people greedy, unrighteous, adulterers, or even fish tax collectors. What? Who prays like that? Like, just points out a person who prays, that's crazy. Right? And then he, then, he, then he goes on to say this, I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of everything I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even raise his eyes to heaven. But kept, but kept striking his chest and, and saying, God have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, this one went out of went to his house justified rather, uh, rather than the other. Because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But the one who humbles himself will be exalted. That's the word of God. Now I want to teach you a few things from the word of God today. And you guys help me, okay? Because I'm a Bible nerd. So I have the tendency of teaching you things that I won't put in application. So I've limited myself to three things that I want to teach you so that I can apply, help you apply them, right? Because it's no good if you have all of this information and you don't know what to do with it. The best part of the sermon is what to do with it, what, what you know, alright? So let's let's cover what we need to know, and then we can cover what we need to do. Okay? Sound good? Alright. Alright, got to talk. just a It's alright. You know what I mean? That's fine. Um, <laughs> so so here's the first thing I want to teach is that the audience that Jesus is speaking to is very clear, right? Jesus is talking to the self-righteous among this group. Those who are putting way too much confidence in their own righteousness. Right? There are some passages of scripture where it may require intense exegesis to discover who is the proper audience, right? But it is not so with this text. Jesus is very clear. Luke is very clear in his description about who Jesus is talking to. Right? And I love this because Jesus knows what word we need. Right? That's amazing that Jesus in his divine power is standing among a group of people. And he says, you know what? There are some people here who are trusting in this righteousness. It's not like they have on a shirt. Jesus sees their heart. Right? It's not like there's a label on them. But Jesus can see the condition of their heart. Have God, Jesus knows the condition of our hearts, and He knows what we need, exactly what we need, what exactly what we need to hear when we need to hear it. The hearts of humanity lay bare before Him. There's no hiding the the the, 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 the things of your heart. There's no hiding what you really feel deep inside from God. And that I hear some people say, God knows my heart. Right? Have you ever heard that before? And I'm like, yeah, that's just scary. That's that should scare you because the things you think in there that you don't say sometimes are nice. Can I be real? I'm only talking to real people today. Okay. So that should scare most people that God knows your heart. Because the heart, as the Bible says, is, is wicked above all who can know it. Right? All the ills of the world come from the heart. Second thing I want to teach today is that the characters in this passage are both extreme opposites of one another. The Pharisee is the teacher of the law. He's devout and a pious man. Now, well, a lot of times we, we hear really bad rap about Pharisees, so we got to stop judging them, right? Because in, in, in the text, Pharisees, not all of them were like that. There was just a sect of them that were super religious, and, and they tried to keep every single rule, and then they kind of made it their business to like make sure everybody else was doing their thing too. Now they needed Pharisees though because they were in under uh, under oppression right the Roman rule they needed people to stand up and elders to show them how to live they needed that but what they didn't need was them exerting their self righteousness on them as the standard okay and so we have this pious God and Pharisees are getting known for keeping all of the laws right and so they it's this is super uh, righteous. Self-righteous people. Jesus often had tons of run-ins with them, of which Jesus is always and Where I grow up, they call it he just sons them every time. Every time they come up with this question, it's like, boom, a better one. It's just like amazing. It's like he's just in a ring, just every time. I mean, ask a question, Jesus asks a better one. Like they're like, you know, Jesus, what would you do? Who is making the arbitrator over you? I'm like, yes. Like this is amazing. He just asks amazing questions, right? And answers gives amazing answers. And then so we have this tax collector on the other hand. Who is the social outcast, right? He's a sellout. He's sold out to Rome. He's out here taking our money and giving it to Rome, and then more times than not, charging us more so he can get a little cut. Yeah, he's, he's the middleman, charging a little higher price so he can skim off the top a little bit and still be good with Rome. And, and they're like, "You're a sellout, man. You're working for the occupation. Uh, um, you know, if you watch Colony, you're a red hat. You know what I mean? Like you're that guy. You know." And, and, and so we don't like you. And so everyone hates tax collectors. This is why the gospel of Matthew, it, it, it stands so strong because the, the, the person and the figure of, 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 of that of the, that gospel writer is a tax collector. Who would believe him? Right? It has to be true because nobody likes this social outcast, right? So I love it. Um, and so we see that, that here it is, that he is praying before the Lord. And I like this because there are two guys, two prayers, but then two different types of results. Right? These guys both go to pray. That's cool. Praying is good. You should, you should pray. You should do more prayer. And you probably should pray more after that. Right? And, 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 and they both go to the temple. One leaves justified before God. The other leaves without receiving forgiveness and justi- justification for his sins. The Pharisee's prayer is not really a prayer at all. Right? He goes in there and thoughts almost sounds like a song. God, thank you. Right, like that's a good way to start a prayer, right? You know, praise, adoration. That's a good way to kind of. Uh, when I was younger, just to kind of butter up God a little bit, you know, you just kind of come and say, God, thank you for all the things you've done, and and, uh, and you know, talk like to your parents, you know, mom, I'm like, you're so awesome, but I need money to go here. You know what I mean? It's just like you kind of butter up, and, and uh, then he starts starts well, and then he says, God, I just thank you that I'm not like other people. Not that you even, even better, like not that you've not made me like other people. Like, I just think that I'm not like. Him. It's all it's all on him. Right? And it's not really a prayer. His words mention God, but he's thinking God essentially that he's not like sinners or not even like this tax collector. The other though a teacher, right? And we gotta help us sometimes, though a teacher, he misses the point of the law. Right? He misses the point of why he's keeping all of these things. And that is the law is there to show humanity this influence. Right? Paul writes it in Rome, Romans three twenty. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, become conscious of our sin. He then congratulates himself for fasting twice a week, which is admirable, because in his culture, it was like once a week. Right? So, Monday and Thursday, this, basically, this guy is fasting. Then he congratulates himself for giving a tenth of his income to God. Again, the, a, a good place to start with generosity. Right? He even tells God, God, why he thinks he's righteous based on those two things. But here comes the tax collector on the other hand. He comes humble in his posture, his reverent. He stands back not to get too close to God because he's in, he realizes his sin. Right, He beats his chest, he looks down, and he appeals to the mercies of God for forgiveness for sins. He realizes that he is a sinner. And nothing he does is going to change that except being pardoned by God. That's where we all need to. Jesus is clear here that God promotes humility and he hates hubris. He hates pride. So let me give you a few things that we ought to know and do, right, that we ought to ask ourselves today. Here's something you need to know. Jesus knows the condition of our heart very well. And he knows how to get the right word to the right people at the right time. It is unwise as a believer to write off or dismiss a biblically sound word as not pertinent to your life and start to think who this word might be for someone else. This word might be for her or this word might be for my friend who's not here. They need to hear this word. The seeds of self-righteousness are right there. The minute you start bypassing a word of God, when you're in the place that God knows, if you believe this is the activity of the Holy Spirit, if he knows your heart, when you're in a room where a word is coming forth, you ought to receive that word. You ought to receive that word. I tell my students, tuck it in the back pocket for later if it don't fit right now, Because at some point, you're going to need every word in this Bible. And when that comes forward, you need to examine your heart. Lord, is there any place in me that that is ringing true? God, is there any place in my life, God, where I need to make a change? Is this speaking to any place in my heart? God, are there things that I need to believe? There are things I need to know. When the word of God comes forth, it comes forth primarily for the people in this space. And I know that sounds tough because sometimes it's easy to be like, I got everything in check, but that's not what your not where your righteousness comes from. It's not from having all your uh, your I's dotted and your T's crossed. It's from your daily submission to the grace of God that saved your life. It's, it's every day, Lord, thank you God that you have saved me. Thank you for the work of the cross. Thank you, God, that I'm being made new every day. It's not that I, I went to church every week and I fast and I give all my money so I'm good, so I can just approach God. No. You need to every time there's a word that refers Jesus, if he has this type of precision, you ought to trust that when we're in the space, the word is something what we ought to do is we ought to search for ways that we can apply this to your life. Maybe, maybe for later, but always keep that word. Ask yourself: Maybe I need to examine my heart and say, "Is this? Is the?" And, and ask yourself this question: Because this might be you. Is the word ever for me? And when I come to church, does it ever feel like it's he's stepping on my toes today? No. Does it ever feel like how does he know? Is he on my Facebook and my Instagram story? It should feel like that, because the Holy Spirit is everywhere, right, see, watching us, looking to see who's doing good and who's doing evil. Is the word always for someone else. You know, ask yourself, you know, kind of attention is, is it always more, is it more for other people or less for me? I would ask myself that. Here's something that we need to do, right? We must be careful not to look down on others because they do not measure up to our perceived standard of righteousness. We need to not say because they lack spiritual piety that we have some type of upper ground no, that's not, that's not true. Looking down on those types of sins or sinners we don't like doesn't come from a place of grace. It comes from a place of self-adulation. Once we raise themselves up. People who understand that if it's not through the grace of God that they would not be here. Look at other people as being trapped in their sins and they look on them with compassion and not a spirit of condemnation. Let me ask you, let me say this. Furthermore, it is not just a spiritual thing, right? And I, I don't like to do too much spiritual and natural divide, but Jesus says that some things are spiritual and then some things are natural, right? And so it's also natural. It's also wrong to despise people and people groups because of their social status. See, the Pharisee looked at sinners right? and then he said, even this tax collector, that is not a sin right? being a tax collector was frowned upon in society but it wasn't a sin, it's a job right? somebody had to collect the taxes right? and the guy gets the job, right? and so it's not <coughs> excuse me, it's not an inherent sin type that group of individuals in society, they were social outcasts this is particularly important because some of the roots of our spiritual issues come from our natural issues in our life. And so sometimes social class or zip code or level of education or ethnicity or citizenship or social economic status make us feel that we are somehow better than others and deserving of different treatment. We have to check ourselves. You know, we have to ask, are there people with a certain sin or people with different social status that I despise? The detects that they look down, they despise them. They loathe these people. Right? You have to actually look. Is there anyone that I, that I look down on that I'm most grateful that I'm not like them because of my moral superiority or social social status? Right? And if there are places in your heart that you actually yourself that question and say, "Lord, purge me now, through and through, change my heart." Give me a proper vision of my own sin and unworthiness, because it's not the gospel. Here's something you need to know: we do not rise in righteousness because other people are so. You know, let me give you an example. You ever been in class before you go to school? Perfect place to make this example, right? And then whenever you. And have you have you ever just kind of looked around, kind of took a poll to see what everybody else got? Come on, is there is there one? Yeah, and, 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 and you look and you say, well I got a C, and they got a C too, and then so and so got a C plus." Okay, I'm in the room. Okay, everybody did that, or they got F And so my C feels like an A. Have you been there? We're the, okay, I, everyone felt I'm the, I'm the smartest. No, you got to see. you got to see. It, it doesn't change anything. Because other people don't do as well. Where you are is where you are. Right? And, and if we could be, and if we be even more honest, the cross just levels the ground. Like we're all just sinners in need of saving grace. And after you're saved, you're still a sinner who's in need of saving grace and so we're all just flat footed in the level right, and so that you don't rise because other people's acts are deplorable it's easy to put out standards and labels and then not label our own sins ooh, right that hurts, doesn't it like really, that's a standard, but we don't like to go like I'm a sinner, sure. like no we don't do that we don't rise to judgment against ourselves and so we just kind of let our stuff go by for some it may come, for some of us just like the Pharisee. It may come through in our prayers. And prayers are the kind that reveals what, what we really want. What we really need. And so, Lord, am my praying my prayers? sound self-righteous? God, let me check the content of my prayers. listen the brothers it, it may not be that because you just know how to pray. But it may come through in our private thoughts. And let me, let, me, let me educate you. Thoughts are speech to God. Now, sin isn't just what you do. Sin is what you every sin that you see in the world starts in someone's heart. Sin, outward sin is just sin that has risen up from the hearts of angels. And always originates in one heart. So, actually, so God, where are my private thoughts? Or maybe it's in our private conversations with people who are of a like mind. You know, stuff that we don't really publicize, but stuff that we have private conversations about. Maybe it's those in our Facebook posts just the way I see people when I'm around them. Here's one thing you need to ask yourself today. Does my sense of of righteousness come more from my my religious activity than it does for my faith and my relationship with Jesus Christ? Do I know Fashion because I'm being means I, I was stolen away and then I was bought back. There's no goodness of mine. Today we need to humble ourselves and remember that if it had not been for the cross of Jesus Christ, we would be hopelessly lost. We must continue to appeal to the mercies of God and not rest on the righteousness that originates from works. i me give you a big idea for today something that Lord Nugget did. Trust in his mercies and not your miracle. Trust completely only in Jesus' mercy over you. I love David when he began to pray. Ben, you guys can come back. Is that good? Come <laughs> back And uh, David appealed, when well, you know that famous song, when he's praying for the Lord after he's he's sinned horribly, he begins to pray on the mercy of God. Not on his righteousness, not on him being king, not on his status. Lord, I'm, I'm at the mercy of you. Would you purge me and clean me, make me white as long as you restore the joy of my salvation. And so let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for today however this word us. Uh, there's some sections that just resonate differently. God, I praise you. God, that this word today was for me. I thank you, God, that it's for me first. And I'm praying, God, And not despise anyone, not to look down on sinners, and not to look down on people in different social classes. Because God, that's just not the heart of God. Now today, help us to see, God, the beauty of, of, of everyone. You day, that everyone is worthy of